Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka brandon i hope you're well my guest is an actor writer and improviser who has recently appeared in speechless bless this mess the just released second season of amazon's upload and the upcoming series that totally made up comedy show along with appearing on the podcast comedy bang bang and cbb presents in recent months on top of being a game creating second degree black belt wielding turtle parent please welcome vic michaelis welcome wow brandon thank you so much that was uh the most thorough uh intro I've ever had in my life, I think. Really? Yeah, I think so. Okay, that's I, a win. Well, I mean, like, you got, like, a, a pilot on there that I I think we shot, like, three and a half years ago that I don't think... Oh, really? Oh, ...is or will air. No, 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 no. It was... It was perfect because it's like, you know, you spend time on something and it's nice for it to, you know, like see the light of day in some form. And so I guess this podcast is the form in which it's seeing the light of day. I love it. I feel like we, we might be in the midst of a kind off at this point. Do you I'm think? A, I, <laughs> I'm all about it. Like, please, let's let's do a, a you know a mutual admiration society and just boast each other's egos. That's good. I'm I all love about it. it. Fantastic. I'm, I'm all about a, it. I'm I was raised in Canada, so I'm socially Canadian, and I do feel like that is often something that I fight against is just like showering people in like everything that I like <laughs> about them when I yeah. <laughs> when I meet them. Um, I don't know if it's a bad thing or not. Some people get uncomfortable with it. LA, not so much, but anywhere else in the States, uh, people don't always love it, is what I'll say. I can imagine, although, you know, I also imagine it's just like anything else. You want what you don't have. You think about what it is you aren't, and you're like, oh, that'd be interesting. But then that other person's thinking the same thing about you and, you know, and vice versa. So I, I get the tendency, but I don't know. I think that's a good problem to have, to be quite honest. Oh, sure. Like, to be kind and complimentary. Problems. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I yeah. think it's like it's it's the difference though between being kind and being nice where it's like if you're gonna say something mean it you know what I mean like have something 100%. to back it up I there's nothing worse and especially like in LA something that always bothers me is people will be like very nice but there's not usually like a lot of kindness behind it not I shouldn't say not usually well there is a it's difference hard to though. say <laughs> there is there is a difference though because you know I'm not without going deep into details about it but uh as a, a recent situation involving your friend you kind of learn retroactively that at least in my experience with this situation was that niceness can be a trojan horse for like narcissism and self-absorption oh fascinating. You, you know what i mean you know like that it can really it can really gloss over a lot of things you don't notice and then yeah. and then when you learn things after the fact you realize also how like how can that be how that can be weaponized oh so, totally and it's just like a it's really nice in the moment, but when you learn, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, oh, okay. What so, an interesting concept of niceness being a Trojan horse for narcissism, because I think that that is so true. That feels very true to me. It's an idea I have to develop more in my head, but I I feel like it, it holds uh, water at the moment anyway in my head. It's definitely that anybody who calls them, in my, again, my experience, I'm not, anybody who speaks, I'm, I'm difficult, uh, bad at speaking in absolutes, and then I'm fearful I'm saying this as if, like, I know what I'm talking about, you know? Definitively, this thought I had that I think is right. I'm going to quote um, you. When okay, I good. say this When I say this back to somebody, I'm going to say that you said that this was true. Okay. And so that if they have a problem with it, I'll have them uh, tweet at you. And he says, subpoena him, and he will say it in court <laughs> on the record. But uh, it's that 
in my experience, anybody that says they're an empath is a narcissist. Oh, absolutely. Are you a TikToker at all? Did you do you TikTok? Do you dabble? I don't, but I've I get the viral ones that go on other forms of social media. Hey, well, one that's very kind of you. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's like there was this uh, trend on there for a while that was like, uh, like somebody's like crying because I stabbed their friend and then it was like me and empath sensing that they're upset okay. like whatever <laughs> yeah. it was like but it was it's I mean exactly what we're talking about right now but it's very it was very funny for a while because there were people that were like self-proclaimed empaths that were getting like very upset by this I I accurate can trend oh I can <laughs> yeah it it stung them in an ironic way of where they they took it personally and don't in any way act like as you would expect an empath to act, I suppose. Yeah, but, exactly. That feels like a badge that you have to be given. Like, you can't give yourself that badge. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think about, too, like, you know, like you're at a party or something, and then somebody says they are a thing, and immediately my brain starts to think, mm, I don't know if that's true, just because of the proclamation. Sure. Yes, yes, I agree. And it's one thing to strive to be empathetic. Like, if you're putting that label on yourself— Great. I love it. Absolutely. We're going to be best friends, but yeah. I am an empath st- than having a series of sentences that's usually judgments about other people. <laughs> it's just like a hard stop for me. Yeah. Anytime, and I've heard people say this too, overheard it anyway, about like, as an empath, comma, and I'm like, oh no. Yeah, no. Oh no. <laughs> hard <This> stop. Is, <laughs> oh, and this is bad. <laughs> Don't, I can't, I got to get away from this person. Like, this is. Like, next thing I know, I'm going to be signed up for, like, a pyramid scheme or something. Yeah. And this oh, is not good. absolutely. Have you ever been in a situation, like, have you, have people tried to hook you into MLMs? Like, the multi-level marketing schemes? I'm trying to think. Maybe this is just the ubiquity of what they are, but I feel like they're pervasive enough that I, I'm sure I have. But I can't remember an exact example. The fact that I don't know probably means I haven't. It's so fascinating to me. Oh, yeah. I'm also somebody that I think is, like extra susceptible because I want to be excited about stuff that people are excited about. Like, I want to be in. Like, I grew up very uh, religious, uh, sort of of my own fruition. My family was not super religious, but I sort of took it upon myself uh, for like my, yeah, for part of my high school years, uh, especially like middle school, high school. And so I did like all the youth groups, but it's like that kind of thing. Like a big group of people being really excited about something is like very interesting. I mean, like, I feel like it's not a unique thing to be interested in like culty things, but I definitely am one of those people and MLM sort of fall under that oh, umbrella. Sure. And I think people can read it on me. Like, I think I, I was so excited when I first moved to LA, there was somebody that was like, Hey, come over for a game night. And I was like, yes. And she's like, and I'm going to do like a little presentation thing. And I was like, cool. I can't wait. And then like another friend. Oh, like, a performative me. element. Perfect. Yeah. And then a friend pulled me aside and was like, she's it's like an mlm party like she's gonna try and get you to like buy product and become like part of her downline and i was like what no (laughs) me (laughs) Um, isn't that what what like nexium had that component right yes i actually went to a nexium meeting i by the way i talked to somebody who i think discovered nexium or like might have been the first person to discover nexium the first person to discover nexium like like before it was a a known thing Gotcha. So, like, who went to some of those initial meetings? And yeah, things like yeah. That? Like, like unintentionally, it was for something else. I think he was writing. I talked to him a year and a half ago, and it is all over the place. My brain, but it's something to the effect of like that. I think he was writing a piece, and he heard about it, and he started looking into it. And the more he read into it, the more the details didn't match up, and it gave off a cult vibe. 
and then he looked into it. Oh, how interesting. It always is so fascinating to me, the people that are like the canaries in the coal mine for stuff like that. Because like everything is normal until the second it's not, right? So like those initial people that are raising red flags, you have like everybody around you going like, you're crazy. What are the odds you actually stumbled upon like a sex cult? So low, right? And yeah. How interesting. I went to a meeting in Vancouver as like a guest at the end of one of their workshops. Like one of my friends had gone. Because they had a hub there, right? Like a, Yeah, they had a massive hub in Vancouver. And like one of my friends just like wasn't really into it or anything. But like at the end of these like seminars, you can like bring your friends and family to the last like hour or two basically to sell the workshops. And the only reason that I realized... Uh, that it was Nexium like years later was uh, the worksheets. They handed out a bunch of these worksheets and then they were the same worksheets that were in the credits or like the opening credits oh, for wow. uh, for the TV show. Wow. That They're is very specific. <laughs> that must have been like a retroactive like relief in the sense of knowing you dodged a bullet without ever knowing it at the time. Because I can imagine, you know, especially for somebody who's in a, anybody who is a, in a vulnerable place in their lives, maybe in general, but certainly at the time, when you're, they're just like, you take these courses, we give you answers, you have success. Yes. That's very enticing. Absolutely. I mean, like, I think there's a reason that there's, there's, especially with ones that brand themselves as self-help and like cool and young, is it's, you know, it's so enticing uh, to be an overachiever and have somebody be like, hey, we got, we can help you like streamline this. Like we can give you some answers. Like we're going to take a little bit of this load off of your shoulders. Like, uh, you know, it's so interesting. It really is. And like you said, it kind of, um, I do find cults even before I, <laughs> I wanted to say before cults were a thing, but before, <laughs> you know, but before they became such a, an outward, you know, topic and everybody's talking, but I've always been just fascinated by like the, the psychology of cult, you know, just the, the, how the brains work. Yeah. What they're doing, the type of people it takes, you know, in a similar way to like, just, it's a weird thing to say again, but like the, the serial killer mentality of like, how, how are these people created? You know, what? Totally, like what, the leaders. I think, yeah, I think that's mm. fascinating and it's such an interesting topic and yeah, kind of like conspiracy theories before that, which are in no way fun anymore because <laughs> we're living in them. <laughs> yeah, because, because the reason I just said that is because seven plus three equals 10. And then will that equal, you know, just that Yeah, they've been so co-opted by bad faith actors now that it's like, I just don't want anything to do with them. The idea of, uh, you know, I think there was one about like the Titanic didn't actually sink. It was a different ship. Oh God. Or something. But that, and that was before, you know, conspiracy theories are as loaded as they are now. But can I be honest with you? Yeah. I don't even care if conspiracy theories are real. I don't want to know. Life is so complicated and there's so many things that we have to worry about and deal with that like, even if one of those conspiracy theories is correct, like one of those like crazy ones, I don't care. It's like, I, I, it doesn't matter to me. Like if it was a different ship that sunk and I'm still going to go with the Titanic story because it's. One less thing I have to worry about right now. No, I agree. My my general um, educated uh, response to that is, yeah, I just don't really give a shit either, to be yeah. honest. It doesn't really matter. It's like, really how does matter. that change our lives? Like, what does that do? I guess if you've sunk, like, time and energy into it, but also, like, where does that come from? It must be people that just, like, have a need to be correct uh, about something that the, the at mass people do not believe, I guess. I what think kind it's of a, a person is that? It feels to me like a a vehicle for confirmation bias. Mm, you know, they just they just want to be right. 
And I think that if you really get into conspiracy theories, like you firmly believe them in your firmament, then everything's off the table. Or everything's either on the table or off the table at that point. You can mesh them to confirm any of your beliefs and then it's Mm. over. Yeah, I guess that's true. And you know what? I think maybe the thing that's most interesting to me about conspiracy theories would be the same thing that's most interesting to me about cults, which is like how you had sort of said it was like the leaders and the people that... uh, sort of push them and I think for me it's the opposite like I'm always so interested in like who are the people that get involved with them because it really does seem like it can be anybody it could be like people that you've known your whole life and are very level-headed like QAnon has been so interesting I grew up for a while in the Midwest and like knowing people who I like really love and care about and know to be like very level-headed people get involved with like some of these like more like increasingly ludicrous ideas about you know like QAnon and Trump and the election and stuff like that you know not that we have to get into that absolutely Uh, but it's but it is so it's so interesting because it's like you know somebody like it's sort of like we were talking about earlier nothing is like black and white there's like there's not total good and total bad it's just like it's so interesting as to like how it sucks people in and why and I guess it's just whatever brand it is you know what I mean like maybe one brand of like cult or conspiracy theory wouldn't interest somebody but then they get like very slowly red pilled into another one it's just like it's fascinating no I agree I think it's that's the thing though is like you know in my mind I'm like no I no I wouldn't be that person but how what percentage of of the people that do become a part of that also think that, you know? Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if it's a, if it's a high percentage. Uh, well actually maybe, I mean, I guess when you, (laughs) no, the only reason I say this is because that oftentimes you don't know it's a cult when you're entering it. So I guess they necessarily wouldn't have the thought of, I won't be a part of this cult because they wouldn't necessarily know it. But when I think about like Scientology and I've read a few books on them just out of fascination by it and you learn of the, the tenets of it and it's just like well that is wild but i'm also genuinely terrified of ever stepping foot in yes like a scientology center yes. and then <laughs> and then becoming and then i i wake up and i'm you know going to like see oregon florida next you know I'm, yeah it's like yeah we're on a flight to clear water like no absolutely i can stand outside of it now and say it's ludicrous but i i'm terrified of the idea of that i would never i would never test myself because i just don't know I totally agree. Even knowing you for like what we've been chatting for 20 minutes, I'm just like, I do feel like we have similar personalities in some ways and that I have the exact same thing where I'm just yeah. like, I would yes and myself into a bad situation <laughs> with something like that. You know what I mean? They'd like be like, just do, you came all the way here for brunch. Like just do a, do a personality test. And I'd be like, well, I guess it'd be kind of funny, like maybe do it. And then maybe I'd like get in a good conversation with somebody and they'd be like, hey, I know what everybody's saying, but it's like, it's really not that bad. It's not crazy. Like, I know they're saying we're crazy and it's like, it's funny, right? It's funny. It's hilarious. But um, like, you've got something special going on. Like you maybe, like maybe you're learning a lot about yourself. And I'd be like, yeah, I am learning a lot about myself. <laughs> and then just slowly, yeah, exactly. And then you wake up on a plane. There is something like deeply insidious about the perfect candidate for them is like a thoughtful person. A person who's like willing to, you know, like to be like, oh, interesting, you know, like willing to go along for the ride to listen and to like, oh, that's cool to be enthusiastic about something. And like, that's their candidate. Yeah, I think you're right. I absolutely think you're correct. (laughs) Meanwhile, for all you know, like I'm typing like, oh, look at the Scientology website. That's pretty interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, Oh, Xenu. He seems interesting. Oh, 
okay. I like volcanoes. Oh, I have, I, you know, I do have a Thetan problem. Okay. <laughs> so here's my question for you. Yeah. If, what would be your, like, thing? If you were going to get involved in, like, some sort of organization, like, what would be the thing in your life right now that would, like, slowly get you into it? Like, for me, for example, I think it would be Legos. Like, if there was, like, some... Oh, thank some... God you brought that up. <laughs> like, if there was going to be some weird thing that I got into, like, I would get red-pilled through Legos, I think. Because that's something that, like, I love and I watch a lot of the videos. And I feel like it's not something that maybe the general public knows, like, a ton, a ton about. So I feel like it'd be the kind of thing where I'd say something to a family or friend and they'd be like, that's not true. And I'd be like, ah, yeah, it is actually. And then, like, slowly I would get, like, more and more into it. And then that is maybe how I would get, like involved in some like weird conspiracy theory or culty thing okay well a couple of things on that one i'm very glad <laughs> you brought that up because that is one of my notes is to talk about legos is because, it really oh i'm a huge fan oh yeah oh, oh yeah. fantastic yeah i heard you on this this backstory on the high mighty podcast and you mentioned that you're saying about about legos lego however it's said all i want to talk about and the one thing nobody wants to hear about is, yeah. is that particular subject. I say that as I'm bringing it up in a podcast that people are listening to. <laughs> everybody, you're going to see everybody turns it off right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'll chance it because I love it. You know, I definitely got into them in the last, eh, more like seven, ten, something like that years after doing them a little bit as a kid, but uh, mm. really got into them and I find them deeply therapeutic and yes. I love it very Absolutely. much. There's something, and again, it's like so funny because it really does segue into a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about because it's like something about having like a really complicated, massive thing and then being given an instruction book where they go, this is literally, literally brick by brick how you're going to build this massive big thing. And as long as you follow the directions and as long as you like are mindful and thoughtful of the pieces that you're putting together, like you will like, have this big, beautiful thing at the end of it. And it's like... Not functional. It's just like for pride. And honestly, it just like takes up space in my house. I display all of my Lego pieces, but it, they're just like, you know, it's not like people are coming over and are like, oh, cool. You built the Empire State Building out of Legos. Yeah. Like, or that you're pressing a button and a light shines over it, you know, to yeah. show it off. And it. It, it is that, uh, yeah, the, the cult of Lego. It really is funny how it, thinking about the structure of it, the way it is, of like, this will give you a definitive thing. Yeah. You just do this, and it will get you this. But I find it so like w deeply soothing, and it allows me to like I feel like uh, both focus on the thing, zone out, but also like let things process in the background. I just find it deeply like it just it really does it for me, and it makes me really happy. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it is. I think just like you said, you hit the nail on the head. It's so therapeutic, and it's just like it's mindless in a way that's still very tactile and you still are thinking a lot but it's yeah. like you don't have to come up with like your own original thought or your own original spin on it i wonder if there is well i mean i guess it depends on what you're doing like have you looked into like master building and things like that a little bit yeah i've i've mainly just done you know maybe maybe once a year i buy a, a new thing to build you know and it tends to be a little bit of a bigger thing so that i can have like mm -hmm. a project so I'm not getting a ton of them because, like, to your point, when you're done, it's like I, I have a finite <laughs> amount of space. Yeah. Uh, that is, like, the, the really fascinating thing about Lego or Legos is that it's like, well, this is just here now. What's your favorite piece? That's a good question. Uh, I have a Millennium Falcon that's pretty cool. Oh. I'm, not even gonna, 
I'm not a huge like Star Wars fan. Me either, but that's my white whale. I would love to do the Millennium Falcon build, but it's just like you said. They're so big, and it's like, uh, and what do you and what do you do with it? Where do you have it displayed? I have it on my like uh, record case, I guess you would say record. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, uh, I have it just sitting on top of there, and I've got. I also got I got one for Christmas randomly, which was like, uh, oh, I didn't expect this. This is really cool. Of the the Nintendo one with the TV and the it's the set that's like a a little television set, oh, but also cool. the actual Nintendo NES that you build. So you build a TV and it has a crank on it, so it shows like Mario jumping. It's a it's really it's a really hard thing to describe. Oh, but it's really cool. that is so cool! I just looked it up because I wanted to see what this. It's very cool. Was this is so cool? Oh, so you literally like. They keep trying to sell these ones now that are like build a picture or whatever it is. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And I don't love those as much, even though I feel like they'd be fun to build, but I don't like them enough to like have them displayed for how expensive they are. But this is very cool because it feels like it does some of the similar stuff with like building the picture in the TV. It's pretty this cool. Is yeah. And, very cool. And you do. And so when you build it, you're building this kind of circle, thin circle of a of you know that what your picture is so right. it has it on both sides so then you can crank it and it moves so it looks like it's mario oh moving. that is so cool i also love that you build the back of the tv yes it's really it's a really delightful thing of like you get the the satisfaction of building something but also like there's a nostalgia element and it's just like it's just really cool it's a really cool one have you taken a look at the typewriter? I'm sorry. Now we literally no. are just talking about specific Legos. There's a new set that's a typewriter set that I am obsessed with. Okay. Well, now I'm looking that up. Oh, my to. God. That looks so cool. And it's that, like, color green that's, very like, very specific, and you don't see Legos in that color very often, which is find... also why, like... <laughs> There's something about that color. Like, genuinely, like, that color has always been very soothing and calming to me. Yeah, I'm not really sure what it is about it. Um, are you a Disney head at all? I so, somewhat. I mean, I I know quite a bit. I would say. I guess. I don't it's know. It's like similar to that. Uh, it's called Go Away Green. That's like. Uh, I guess since this is an audio medium, and if you're ch are choosing not to look up uh, this Lego typewriter, <laughs> which you should, uh, but it's like uh, Disney has this color. Uh, it's like sky. I can't remember what the blue is called. It's like sky blue or something, and Go Away Green. And it's what they color a lot of like their trash cans and their uh, show buildings, which is like where the rides are housed that aren't like okay designed because they're not park facing. Uh, but it basically like. The green really blends into the uh, like the foliage and stuff like that, and the color blue they use blends into the sky. Uh, so you just like genuinely don't really like it. Your brain sort of erases it from. Okay. Uh, but there, I think because of that, there is something so calming about like a go away green color like this. I can see that. I yeah, I love that. I um, I, I, <clears throat> there was a time when I was just like fascinated by typewriters. Yeah. So. I think I think maybe it was like learning that Tom Hanks was a big typewriter head. Mm. I was like, oh, that's interesting, and I just started looking into him. I'm like, oh, that'd be really cool. And but then it's just like it's kind of like Lego. You're just like, okay, well now it just sits here, you know. So if you're not yes, if you're not practically using it, again, I have a finite amount of space, so I can't really <laughs> indulge in a, the most things because of that. Totally. Uh, same. Very, cool very much same. Yeah, it's very cool. But no, I, I completely agree with you. And it's also like, I think as I've gotten older, I, uh, I'm i also like not as into stuff just for the aesthetic of it necessarily, uh, where it's like, 
I don't know, like stuff that I like aesthetic wise to me, like the stuff that I like most also has some sort of a functionality to me. Uh, And like typewriters, because I agree, I was in the exact same place where I was like, I would love a typewriter. It'd be so fun to use. But I also have enough stuff like that where I'm like, no, it mostly just is cool for me to look at. And there's, you know, there's definitely merit in having things like that. But got to pick and choose your battles, I think. Yeah, for sure. It's maybe that'll be a, you know, a down the road luxury item. But as it stands, I need most of the things to do something in my house. And and granted, that could just be like having a framed picture and it providing me joy anytime I look at it. Yes. Th- there you yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. There you go. But also, but the, I need something on my wall too. So yes, and the typewriter for me at least is always going to make me think I should be using that typewriter more often. Like that's <laughs> literally my only thought. And I would also imagine that like. I mean, I literally have no idea, but ink and like, you know, up maintenance and if it breaks or something like that, I would imagine that's a pretty expensive hobby after a while. I would think so. I would think that it's, um, it's definitely a hobby that is easy to do for somebody like Tom Hanks, but I imagine, sure. I imagine <laughs> if it, if something goes awry, it truly is a, I think I'm going to have to do something more than just watch a YouTube video and I can yeah. fix it. It's Polaroid pictures uh, in like in the writing form for me. We're like Polaroid pictures I love and I have a Polaroid camera and I do use it all the time, but it is an expensive hobby. Yeah, that definitely feels like any kind of um, non-digital camera. It's like, again, unless you're in a certain probably tax bracket, it does feel like something where you have to really love it yeah. to really be into it because there's just a lot of maintenance and just film costs money yeah totally where it's like you know it's a yeah so much for like 10 pictures and then it's again it's like that kind of thing where like it's sort of like legos where it's like it's great to have for yourself to look at but you have to like looking at it for yourself like people don't on like instagram like looking at photos of polaroid pictures like you know what i mean it's like yeah it's tough it's gotta be because you love it which i think is a lesson maybe so maybe i'm turning a corner on polaroid pictures it's actually a lesson in present (laughs) Uh, in present presence presence yes yes now we're just doing word association yeah no i think that's fair (laughs) the uh now that i think about it too there is a service for for legos that you can rent them yes i've heard of this and and that's just for the love of the build yeah and that's what i don't i don't know part of me feels like it takes away from the end goal because in the sense of like i'm i don't know it's that thing of like where i'm saying well, they just lie around here, but at the time, same time, there is permanent completion, yeah. and you're like, that's the goal. I'm done, and it's and it's that way. And then in my head, though, if I rented them, I'd be like, I am doing this and completing this just to have to disassemble and then send it back. So I don't yeah. know. Maybe I don't think it completely scratches the itch I'm looking for. No, I I completely agree. Like, yeah, having having that thing and then thinking about like the calmness and the time that I spent building it is integral to my enjoyment of lego i think i agree and uh and funnily enough having previously mentioned the titanic did you see the titanic one yes it's beautiful it is so impressive and utterly gigantic massive it's and i've saw i think i saw i don't know who posted it but like as you would expect there's a lot of building for the inside but the inside seems pretty ornate and very you know articulated i suppose yeah. on top of on top of the thing itself just being massive it look it's huge and fun fact i don't know if you've seen the price of this the cheapest you can get it is like like 800 bucks 
uh, I'm not surprised, but also that uh, as a number, that's a high number. And I'm like, like anybody on Shark Tank, I'm out. But <laughs> that that is also doesn't seem that bad considering how massive it seems. Yeah, and it's like you can get it for like six six thirty, I think, or something like that on the Lego site. But they're constantly sold out, so you've got to buy from resellers, and then it's like eight hundred bucks, which I totally agree. Where it's like the amount of time and energy that you'd be putting into it, it's like it's not that crazy. But to try and explain to somebody that doesn't have the fascination with Lego that you're going to spend $800 yeah. on a Lego piece uh, is enough for me to be like, yeah, maybe maybe this is one that I'll enjoy watching YouTube videos of other people. Yeah, no, that's build. fair. I, I think sometimes even when I spend like $20 on, on a non-thing, a part of me, not that I'm doing that a lot, but a part of me is like thinking about what I could have spent that on. Oh, and, sure. And for somebody else who's not into that, $800, that's a lot of things. Yeah. It's a lot of things. It's like, yeah, that's a, that's, yeah, I totally agree with you. It's, that's a tough justification for me in my mind. Like if I have like, I don't know, I feel like there's people that, you know, like make a living or like, that's the thing that they do. But I have so many expensive hobbies that I feel like I can't justify (laughs) spending that much money also on like, just something truly, purely just for me. Absolutely. And and also, I, spending eight hundred dollars, there is a. Again, I mean, especially with the Titanic piece, talking about, you know, uh, lamenting about the lack of space. I mean, it's over, at that point, getting one of those because that thing is gigantic. But you need, you need a room for that thing. But yeah. Also, it is. It would be bittersweet because it'd be. It, it'd be. It's. It, it's eight hundred dollars. That's a. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Very satisfying. Yeah. But when it's done, you're just like, that was awesome. And then the more time passes, the more it's like $800. Yes. So more power to anybody. Maybe I'll get there one day. But Yeah, I'm hoping to get there one day. So if you've got it already, you're just no, this isn't a judgment. You're just further along in your journey than me. And I, <laughs> I, I hope to be where you are one day. <laughs> yes. one. It's, it's aspirational to have the Titanic Lego money. It's aspirational. Exactly. <laughs> It's a bucket list item, a very specific bucket list item. Okay, so, but back to my initial question. Yes. Legos was my thing that I said would get me into, like, some sort of weird cult conspiracy theory thing. What would your thing be? Well, A, thank you for keeping me on track. I appreciate that. (laughs) But, uh, I, it could, it could be that for me as well, to be quite honest. But Mm -hmm. if there's any kind of, like, a conspiracy theory tied to like movies about like, Ooh. well, this scene, you know, in some kind of way about like the, some kind of like, well, this is the hidden meaning of this from this director. Like, you know, especially if you tied it into the people, the, the directors that are more intellectualized, like Stanley Kubrick. Sure. If you tie it in with that about like, I say that there's already conspiracy theories tied to him that he faked the moon landing. He was the one who directed the moon landing being faked and that. This is indicative. This is indicated in the movie *The Shining*, in the moment where Billy or whatever his name is, the child in there, he's wearing a, an Apollo sweater. Oh! There's a moment where he stands up, and it makes it look like that the that the rocket is launching. Oh, how interesting! Yeah, yeah, that is in the movie. I think room two thirty seven, which is the room that they go into that has the woman in the tub. Right. There's a documentary about it where it's people saying like the four or five most pervasive conspiracy theories that it's surrounding The Shining. It's pretty wild. 
How interesting. I saw Dr. Sleep for the first time like two weeks ago, uh, which was actually great. Have you seen it? I have. I've seen actually both the original and like the director's cut. Oh, cool. The director's cut, I think, is better, personally. I think maybe that's what I saw. It was it's very, a, very long, but it was that's, very good. That's it, then. Yeah, they fleshed some more stuff out. I, I loved it. I really did. I was surprised. Yeah, I also was surprised that like the movie didn't do better, but then thinking about it, it's like, I guess it's a sequel for a movie that came out like quite literally 40 years yeah. ago for a movie that is also like, kind of decisive amongst people so maybe wasn't the sequel that people were chomping for but yeah i was bummed i i had taken me so long to to see it it was great yeah i I think to your point it's kind of um it's probably a tough pill to swallow for two very specific types of audiences like the huge (laughs) like you know like the huge fans of the shining the movie which is very different from the book to the point where stephen king was pissed off royally the only time i think that he's really been mad is that about true? it oh yeah yeah he to the point where he's the one was the driving force behind the 1990s the shining miniseries to like to rect oh. to, to correct the wrongs he was pretty mad about it and and this is a guy who was very like laissez-faire about it like to the point where he sells the rights to to the movies the film rights to the books for like a dollar he just doesn't care he's right. all about like whatever Whatever gets the the word out about my books, I'm all about it. But that's the was, kind of rich I can get behind. I'm just I like if it. you've got that much money, like who cares? Just like do stuff. Make sure that things are yeah. Like care more about the product as it's going to come out. Like yeah, do that. Sell your sell your movie rights for a dollar to people that are going to execute the vision that you're looking for. Agreed. No, I I completely respect it. I think he's a Stephen King is a very fascinating guy, and but you know for that one though it's. It's a movie that is serving two audiences in that it's both taking on it's it's a very ambitious film because it's both taking on a beloved film that is beloved by cinema goers more than it is like people that are hardcore about the books coupled with you're also doing a sequel to both of those things and adapting a book. So honestly and just even saying that hearing myself say that that Doctor Sleep should not have worked at all. But I thought it worked really well on top of it. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I thought the performances were good and the story was just really fun. And also too, like Ewan McGregor is just, I think, one of the most charming actors that you could have. And I think you needed somebody really charming in that part Absolutely. to sell it. And I, I, he really did such a good job with that. And didn't Stephen King say that this was one of his favorite film adaptations? I believe so, yeah. I think yeah. he was, I thought he was a pretty, he's very... <laughs> He can be very like uh, overly fair sometimes to some of the adaptations, just because <laughs> I, got, I think because of the lack of investment of like you know the dollar, he's just like whatever, enjoy. And so even like the adaptation of the Dark Tower, which was a fascinating uh, adaptation mm. of that book. I don't think I've seen that one. It's I, I don't know that I would make an appointment viewing to be honest. Gotcha. It was, a, it was a very specific choice of like these massive book series that is part of like uh, the Stephen King. Uh, literary universe i guess gotcha that uh so it has a lot of ties to different things the slu but but they just yes exactly but they decided to adapt like the third book in the series and weird oh yeah 15 that's tough yeah it's it's a lot but you know stephen king came out of that saying man this movie is great 
And so anytime I hear that, I take it with a little bit of grain of salt. Because really? have you seen the movie? I'm like, I, I saw it in the theater, and I'm like, even like ten minutes in, I was like, oh, this is a this was a mistake. Oh no, Dark Tower. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tough. But I guess that's it. Yeah, he really does get to just if you don't have the that's it. If you don't have the money at stake, you kind of get to come in just as a fan, and so you get to like what you like and hate I respect what you hate. It. I that respect is kind of cool. I like it. I like it. You know that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we don't have to go into it, but it just reminds me that you know even if you have, even if you have the success and the wealth that a Stephen King has, it doesn't obviously mean you're in a way like the happiest person in the world or you have that worldview to where it's all a win because it reminds me of like how I heard somebody on a podcast describe Jerry Seinfeld. They described him as a sore winner. Oh, and I was how like, interesting. I was like, wow, what a, what a, in my mind, a perfect distillation of that person, you know, to have all of that success and to still like, just to be like, to seem so like uh, discontent. Are you a musical theater fan at all? I've gotten into it more lately after not being a fan, but I feel like I'm slowly getting there. There actually. was a really wonderful Hello Dolly adaptation, which is what made me think of this, but there's this uh, like monologue that one of the main characters gives at the end where he basically like, you know, it's a sentiment that I think is like, you know, not novel, but uh, basically he's got a line where he says that, uh, you know, like the difference between having no money and money is astronomical like it, it makes an entire world of difference but the difference between having money and a lot of money is nothing at all you know what i mean it's yeah. like it's it makes almost no difference at all and i'm just like oh i think about that all the time where it's That's like fascinating. you know what are you because i don't know you have all this money and i mean like i really it does not seem like it makes anybody happier it seems like it across the board makes people way more <laughs> upset and angry i definitely don't think it provides more solutions than like i don't think it solves things more than it creates more issues yeah uh, I, I know that's a weird way of just saying uh more money more problems but totally. it does seem like yeah. that it seems yeah. true but i think that that piece of like the difference between having no money and money is and it is an entire world you know what I mean? being able to put food in your fridge like knowing that like you're going to be able to like have housing and things like that you know those are massive leaps to go from not having that to having that is you know an entire world uh but then you know going from like having secure housing having food security you know maybe like having money for the extra things and then going from that to having like maybe whatever that next level is that next tax yeah. bracket is is just like is so small and in a lot of ways really indistinguishable no, I agree. It's it that is a the thought of that is something I could un, like think about for quite a while. I've, I'm weirdly fascinated by that stuff. I guess because that's not my life, so it's fascinating to me. Yeah, sure. But, <laughs> but it's it's definitely more of like a thought experiment than it is yeah. any sort of reality. But well, that's for all of us, right? Like the stock market's falling apart, and like we're you know we're living in like very you know we're living in a world where every week we get that new news story of like these are unprecedented times. So it's you know. It's so, it's tough. It's tough right now. But yeah, I think you're right. It's a thought experiment. It's very interesting. It's, yeah, it's fun, I guess, because it's not my life. Because it's an, it's a way to get get out of that, that mm -hmm. rat race, I suppose. But uh, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I feel like just the idea of like a cult of the cult of money and fame. I, I'm like, I, yeah, you know, my, I could, 
I could get to a point where I could lose grip of reality. Oh, I, th- I think I could absolutely do that because eventually if you reach a point of some kind of threshold of having this much amount of money or this much amount of notoriety, at a certain point, you, that means you just have to work harder and harder to keep a sense of reality and you got to yeah. really want that. So, absolutely. It also is so funny to me when people have like those conspiracy theory de- theories where they're like, there's an Illuminati and there's like, you know, or there's like, uh, you know, uh, what's that Republican one where it's like a pedophile ring of like liberal elites or whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah. to me, it's just so fascinating. Like any of those kind of conspiracy theories, because it's like, we don't need the conspiracy theory. There are a bunch of, there's like five people that have like all of the wealth in the entire world. Like that's, you don't need the conspiracy theory. We can see it. There's proof. Like they've yeah. posted in articles where they're bragging about it every year. Like we don't, you don't need the, the big, like, I don't know. Why does it, why is that not bad enough that, you know, why, why does it are, take, or... <laughs> why does it take this cabal of people to be nefariously working against them? It's like, it, they don't need to exist because that's the reality now. It's like the idea of, there's this grand conspiracy that all billionaires are bad and evil people. And it's like, okay, let's unpack that for two <laughs> seconds. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's this idea of like, especially over the pandemic, like seeing the way that like a lot of these people were like lobbying Congress for different things. It's like, that's it. That's we don't need anything more than that. We're watching that happen. We know that, like, if you have, you know, an obscene amount of money, you have control and power and you can kind of do whatever you want. And you don't have to pay taxes. And, like, that is terrible. That's, yeah. it, how is that not enough for people? If anything, too, if somebody were to bring up a conspiracy theory that is so, even by those standards, like, grand and opulent and kind of, and absurd, even by the standards of a conspiracy theory, then a part of me is like, what are you trying to deflect from? <laughs> like, oh, like, interesting. What are, you, what are you trying to redirect us from? Because it almost feels like, you know, like pointing to like, well, what about them? And you're like, well, what are you hiding? And yeah, that almost, that, that makes me, by true. the way, that makes me sound conspiratorial, just the mindset of that. But just the like, I guess it's like anything else. The louder somebody is about something, the more I'm like, oh, will you subscribe to that? Or you don't, or you're trying to redirect people. Yeah, else. but that doesn't even feel conspiracy theory. That feels like a lot of um, like studied psychology of yeah, like deflection and people <laughs> yeah. using other people's uh, you know using bad things that other people do to hide their own things. And that I th- I would say you're pretty safe in uh, in that if that is a conspiracy theory, that feels like a pretty safe one to to hold. See, but that that's the funny thing though is that when you get at least for me, when I get um, in a thought process that's anywhere close to even like a tinge of conspiracy theory mindset, because of the way they those things are now, it makes me want to course correct even more out of fear that I'm leaning into that myself. Oh, interesting. You, you know, so then it makes you maybe overcompensate on a reasonable thought out of fear of being going down that. Not, not that I'm like going into the trap of I'm going to think that way, but just that. It's kind of like spreading misinformation. Totally. I'm like trying to be even more diligent so I don't do that myself because it's so pervasive. Okay, I'm going to say something crazy, Brandon. I think that we should do a 180 for the end of this okay. podcast, and I think we should both be really into conspiracy theories. <laughs> I think we should really pick a couple and really kind of like dive hard into them. I think it would be fun. Now I'm, now I'm curious. <laughs> 
Googling uh, most popular conspiracy theories. Let's see. Top of your head, what do you think they gotta be? Um, like moon landing. Like moon landing. I wonder if there's one involving like that Princess Diana was really murdered. Oh, probably. Probably, probably in general one. sort of anti-Semitism. I feel like has got to be all over yeah. that list. Yeah, I know that some people do think that like that the royal family indirectly killed her by purposefully taking away her security, which then put her in a vulnerable position. So, which feels honestly very possible. I I don't put that yeah, past Yeah, I mean, that doesn't even feel like conspiracy-ish. It Is really that, doesn't. Because that feels like, you know, that's like anything, where, like, you take away people's safety and security and it leads to a certain amount of things. That feels like speculation. Speculation feels different than conspiracy theory. Uh, oh, there, okay, so I've got this article up. Well... I mean, the in retrospect, the biggest one, or at least the biggest one in America in the last, you know, 60 years, it's got to be JFK assassination. Oh, yeah. How did I forget about that? I think, because, you know what, honestly, because it's so ubiquitous that it's one that you just don't think about because it's just... It's kind of white noise as far as conspiracy theories go. Yeah, it's like the one that you do when you're coming up with like a specific, if like in an <laughs> improv scene when somebody's talking about conspiracy theories. It's like entry level conspiracy theories. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the one. Uh, and I do find it fascinating just, but I guess the thing that makes conspiracy theories fascinating is that you don't get answers and that's what's intriguing. Yeah, you just have to be sort of satisfied with like knowing that you'll never know. Yeah. And I think maybe that's part of it too is like, I don't know, if I know I'm never going to know, then what's the point of like digging around too much into it? Like that's how I feel yes. about like a lot of religious stuff, like religions that rely too heavily on like unknown uh, and like, you know, actions not based in like what we're doing and the people around us and things that we can't affect and change. Like, you know, there's some elements of it are okay, but it's, you know, if you're too focused on an afterlife, I'm just like, there's no way to 100% know any of that. So like, why are we spending all of this time and energy really, really focused on that when we can be affecting change like here and now? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a religious person. I've never, I was never raised religious and I'm not, it's just never been a thing for me, but I mean, I, I just, uh, yeah, I just see it as, you know, there are three things, the before, the now and the after, and what do we know? The now. So focus on that. That's yeah. all. It's the only thing you have any semblance of control over. So I, I can't worry about a thing I don't know about. I have no, yeah. con- you know, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, I 1000% agree. And then, you know, if uh, there's any kind of like, you know, God or being or, you know, big power, uh, how are they going to be furious at you for trying (laughs) to do good things, you know, on earth and make your time and place better? You know what I mean? That makes no sense. (laughs) They're like, look, I didn't, I didn't say I'm an empath. So I think I'm doing okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing your work. Yeah. (laughs) That's me talking to um, God when I get (laughs) after I die. I've got okay. Here's the. This is uh, from LifeScience.com. Top ten conspiracy theories. Oh, here we go, baby. All right, this is just the list. Nine eleven conspiracy theories. Can't believe I forgot those. Uh, Well, Princess Diana's murder is one. Well, we nailed that. Yeah, subliminal advertising. I don't. That's interesting. I feel like that some of that's pretty factual. Yeah, I, I feel like that's pretty well researched for the most yeah, part, isn't it? It's I'm, like not Josie and the Pussycat style, like, you know, in songs there's like 
messages backwards, which is, I think, what people think of. But there's, like, plenty of stuff. Like, isn't that just marketing and advertising? Yeah. I like, think, the psychology of it? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that there, at the very least, some level of it has been sussed out, like, factually. Because, yeah, I mean, absolutely, I think. Uh, moon landing, got that. Yeah, Paul right. McCartney's death, which was, like, with the record, Paul was dead, playing it backwards. What? Interesting. So oh, people yeah. think that Paul McCartney is dead already? Uh, there's... In terms of like all of the implications of if he's dead and who the person we know to be Paul McCartney is, all of that, that's ah. a whole thing that I'm not aware of. But there is a thing where you play a certain record backwards and it sa- and it allegedly says Paul is dead, and then that's that's the origin of it. I see. I understand. Okay. Yeah, I'm very curious though about what that means uh, post Paul McCartney dying and the fact that there is a Paul McCartney now. That I'm curious about. Because that's a he's, lot of infrastructure. He's been replaced. Yeah. Is, so there's a lot of story there that we're missing, I guess. I feel like there's one of those, by the way, with uh, Avril Lavigne. Yes, that one I do know. Okay. Uh, uh, where, yeah, people think that Avril was replaced. I feel like that's like not an uncommon thing of like people dying and being replaced. That's like a pretty common like trope and conspiracy theory. But I wonder what the origin of that is. Like, what was the, what's the etymology of, who was the first person who were like, well, that's not really them. Yeah, it had to have happened once or twice, right? Or maybe there's all of those theories because it is true for one person, but they don't want us to know who it is. They're just like, oh, there's like nine of them. It's like, (laughs) it's Avril and it's Paul and it's the Queen and all of these different people. Because there's another one that's like really popular and I can't remember what it is where they're like, look, they look totally different post well, this time there is there is one for kim jong-un i think yeah where it's just like you look at him and you're like yeah th- those do look dramatically different <laughs> uh but but that also is a thing for world leaders too isn't it where they use body doubles for different stuff yeah yeah i think it is and i and it, and it, even then that could be just like see and it could boil down to i didn't want to go get out of my house that day like it doesn't yeah. take much for that to be a thing and getting somebody that looks like them really doesn't seem that complicated. Being a dictator is hard. <laughs> As an empath, you know, dictators mm-hmm. are... Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, just a combination, oh, combination of words. Uh, there's Roswell. Completely forgot about that. Oh, right. New Mexico. Uh, Protocols of the Elders of Zion. I forget the implications of that, but... Huh, I don't know that one, yeah. I don't think. The Satanic Panic. Right. Which... Yeah, fair. Yeah, there's Rose a lot Mary's to that. baby. Yeah, uh, chemtrails. I forgot about those. Right. Barack Obama birtherism. Oh right. That thing. Just general, yeah, like uh, that old racism and Zionism yeah. and not Zionism, uh, xenophobia. Yeah, just massive projection and people telling on themselves. Uh, yeah. COVID and five G. Oh uh, right. Oh how, right. Lest, lest we ever forget that. That's also just like a. At least with like the JFK assassination, there's like a line of demarcation of that event happening and everything that came out of it. And it's like COVID and 5G. Yeah, it's like ever present. Still a thing. Yeah. Uh, and can I be honest with stuff like 5G? I'm just like, I don't care if they are putting chips in my brain or whatever is 5G is supposed to be doing. It's like my Google Maps immediately reroutes when I take a wrong turn and that feels worth it to me. Fair enough. I'm not against it either because honestly, like... It, it's not consciously affecting me one way or the other. It's like, I got so many other things to worry about. 
Yeah. So it's like, you know, whatever. It's, you know, it is, you know, thinking about like um, the, the stand-in situation or like the, oh, that's a different person and they look different and how conspiracy theories can just seemingly have, they have one kernel of truth and that's what makes them both believable to some people but also dangerous. And, you know, like the, the like, well, I talked about a thing to a person on the phone and then you suddenly get advertisements for it. Yes. That's the thing where it's just like, that 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 creates paranoia. It's, yeah. It's a really like, oh, that could be like, for some people, the gateway to conspiracy theories, I could say. Yeah, well, it also is just so funny to me, like what people choose to care about. Because it's like, you literally, when you sign up, like the, what, you're tweeting about all of these conspiracy theories, but in order to like sign up for Twitter, you're like signing away all of your rights and likenesses and every single piece of your information on your computer. Like, you know what I mean? It's like Absolutely. everything that you're doing. It's just so funny to me what people pick and choose to be so mad about it's like you know it's like I'm, you you're you're probably the one that gave them permission to be advertising to you and things like that i don't I know just, i just like the, yeah to your point like the implication that they have any control yeah yes it's like no no you you know like the terms and conditions apply nobody's reading that and Nobody. we've all clicked a th- you know we all have to we know the game of you have to scroll down to be able to click the thing to do the thing you want to do, want to do that you're going to do anyway. Yes. So it's all just, it, you know, I, the more uh, I think about any of this stuff, the more I'm just like, I need to do a better job of trying to, within reason, consciously kind of go with the current instead of swimming against it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I love that. Because everything is so complicated as it is. Yeah. It can only control so much. That's it is. Yeah. And you can only care about so much. There's like you hit a limit where it's just like if you try to too hard to care about too too many things, even though they're very valid things to be, you know, outraged about and care about, then you end up not really caring much about anything, I think. Absolutely. So desensitized. Yeah, I do think that volume can inhibit uh, not passion, but it can, you know, it can if you love everything, you love nothing. And if you hate everything, you hate, you know, it's just. You got to pick your battles. You got to find the things that you really believe in and fight for those and know that other people are also doing that for the things that you might not be. Yeah, and it's easier to strive to be empathetic towards those people and to absorb information if you're also not like trying to, you know, like dip your toe into a million things at once. It's easier to input information that way and learn from people that do actually know a ton more about it. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Like, uh... (laughs) I said that to my therapist one time about like I, you know, I've always tried to be everything to everyone, and then mm. it was just like, oh, she that that intrigued her. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh no. Um, yeah, well, because then you end up being, you know, just a. You, I don't want to say nothing to nobody because that's not true, but you know, it's like it's you know, you want to be that person like that somebody calls, you know, when blank, like when their car breaks down, they know that they can call you or like when they're having a tough day, they can call you or like when they get like, you know, news about X, they call you. Uh, And if you're sort of in the middle, like trying to be everything, you're maybe not on the top of that list for anything. Absolutely. Like, and it's important, you know, I miss doing all these things to, to be present. And it's really difficult when you're constantly overextended. Yeah, absolutely. 1000% that feels very true to me. 
here's okay. I got we're coming up against the hour that I promised. One <laughs> one thing of my questions, and this might be an intrusive question, but no, please. What's your turtle's name? My turtle. Yeah. Um, my turtle's name is uh Howard. It goes by Howie. I like that. Um, and that's because uh my uh my husband has a like family name where like uh, a bunch of people's names were Howard, but nobody goes by Howard because everybody hates the name. Yeah. Uh, so I said uh, we can, he one day brought up that, you know, if we have kids naming a kid Howard and I said, we can name a, a pet Howard. So the turtle was, became Howard. Perfect. I like that. <laughs> there is something about, I, Thank I don't know. You. I, I know. I genuinely do. I think that's a great name. And I always think, uh, for whatever reason, I'm always the, the person that if they have a name like Howard and that there is a a more, you know, there's also a known shorter version of that. I always go to the shorter version for some reason. Yeah. I don't well, know what it, feels it is. Like, it feels like a, there's like a sense of intimacy with it too, where it's like if there's a nickname that especially like family uses and that person's like, oh yeah, my name is blank, but you can call me you know, by this nickname version. Yeah. There's like, there is, I feel like a perceived sense of intimacy with something like that where it immediately for me at least it's like oh i get to be in on like the club of people that are allowed yeah. to like call you by like the name that's not the one that you you know give to the public absolutely yeah the the, the kind of the yeah, that intimate shorthand yeah i'm mean, like it's a big thing and also you know that there are some names that that interesting to me like the dichotomy of the shorter version of a name that otherwise sounds like very formal mm. this is very it's a very nice endearing thing like yeah, you know, Howard, Howie. 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 Yeah. Yeah, and it gives you options too, which is nice. Do you have like a, a short, like a nickname that people call you? Or is uh, it, has it always been Brandon? Some people call me Brando. Oh, I love that. My husband's name is Brandon as well, and I oh, nice. call him Brando. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. And then it, uh, for me, it it ended up working out weirdly well about, um, I'm also, <laughs> this sounds kitschy, but the, uh, Friend of mine, I'm the godfather to their two children. So Brando, Marlon Brando, the oh, godfather. Ties congratulations! In. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and so that weirdly kind of ties in. Yeah, fits in perfectly. Oh, I absolutely love that. How nice is that? Yeah, it's really cool. It really is. And then they, uh, and I did. I never really at one point didn't make that connection. And then they bought me uh, a Funko Pop of Marlon Brando, and then it for that about like the Godfather that, and it like oh, I had a very very like it was a real epiphany moment. an aha moment yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like oh clever well done sometimes god shows up in a funko pop and that's how it works <laughs> i love that uh, i was pretty i was pretty delighted by it i just didn't even think about it how old are they now they are i've not seen them a ton during oh no i'm so sorry and now no. it's in recording at the oh weekend. no no here's the thing i am i have a really bad memory for birthdays Fair period just really bad at them which now it sounds like it's me trying to like retcon history about like i'm just really bad at them and that's why i don't remember but i i really don't but you know one of them was birthed during like the beginning of the pandemic oh no so, wait oh so they're they're fresh too oh yeah yeah like like four and and two I think okay that's more than fair like because yeah. honestly you now have like you know the next 
the rest of their lives to, you know, remember. And it'll stick into your mind when they've got, like, memorable birthdays and when you're seeing them more. Absolutely, yeah. That feels fine. Anything that happened in the last, like, two and a half years is 1,000% t- carte blanche, like, okay, forgetting, I think. Everything, uh, it, it sounds like a, like a truly a kind of a cliche at this point, but yes, everything of the last two plus years, it's really all run together, and my sense of time is completely shot in a mm, way that yeah. it hadn't been before. It's just all, it's everything and nothing. It really all runs together. When I was super religious, there was this, like, uh, the C.S. Lewis quote, uh, which I'm going to absolutely butcher, but it's the idea that, like, uh, a proof that we are not of this world is that uh, we are not built for time. That, you know, like, uh, long, you know, long stretches of time can seem like a second and short stretches of time can seem like, you know, hours and hours on end. Interesting. Uh, and it, that always was very interesting to me. And I mean, like more than anything, I think now, especially it's just like, oh yeah, time is just a construct. And I think like, especially with us all being at home and, uh, you know, not really interacting with people in the same way, it really is just proof of it is like, oh yeah, time doesn't exist. I <laughs> uh, it, it really does. Yeah, it truly does feel like, more of just the concept than ever of like, uh, you know, in, in the sense of like, oh yeah, we stop at stop signs because it's red now and then it's green and we go. It just feels like a thing that it's it's been grandfathered in. We've always had it in our lives. It's just like, yeah, this is just how we do it. It's ritual. It's perceived order. It like helps us move about our day in a way that like, so we're not all constantly on like high alert at all times. Like we cannot worry when we get to a stop sign knowing that like I'm going to stop and that car is going to stop. And like, so we're, we're all going to be like, okay. And we're going to get to where we need to get to. Absolutely. It's the Lego, the Lego solution. <laughs> it's an answer. It's an answer. Yes, it's point. an answer. Sometimes it doesn't need to be a good answer. Sometimes you just need an answer. Uh, even if it's, yeah, like, you know, waiting on the phone with the insurance company, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's, it's an answer. Yeah. yeah. It's an answer. And in that case, sometimes it's not that at all. And it's yeah. just more questions. And sometimes it's just more questions. Sometimes wow. an answer is more questions. <laughs> that is, you know what? Yes. I will quote you in an absolute quote. Absolutely. Sometimes an answer is just more questions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we got to wrap it up as it is slightly over our time. First thank of all, thank you, so you for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. Are you kidding? What an absolute treat. Um, it was so nice chatting you and getting to meet you in this, you know, in this space the show is so fantastic and i'm i'm so thrilled that you asked me of course yeah well first of all thank you for saying that very nice of you and i appreciate it and yeah of course i just appreciate your time and yeah thank you for doing this and what all if anything do you want to point people toward before we wrap it up um you know not not too much i think right now more than anything the thing you know speaking of like having issues to focus on like uh if you don't mind me taking a second just to say there's just like so many horrible anti-trans bills that are getting passed all over the United States right now, especially. Um, and, you know, like just literally just today in uh, or yesterday in Alabama, they just passed one of like the most aggressive um, anti-trans youth healthcare bills where it's now like a felony for a doctor to be uh to be helping with like best practice medical care for trans youth. So, yeah. uh, you know, really take a look any state that you're in. Uh, there's a bunch of local organizations doing amazing work on the ground. Uh, and so you can go donate, see what they need uh, over there, uh, or just, you know, support and shout out uh, any causes that they're trying to get attention to. Or, you know, ACLU is always a really, really great place to uh, donate and help fund some of those lawsuits. 
No, great call. Uh, and, uh, you know, I always forget to mention this, but yeah, as somebody who is currently in the state of Arkansas, yeah, it's a real reprehensible insidious thing, uh, as I know, firsthand yeah. being in this state. It's awful. But you know what? I think I think too. It's it's so interesting, especially being in California. People really jump to this idea of like, well, you should move. Everybody should get out of there. You know, like now's the time. Like TikTok. Like let's get all those kids out. And it's just like that's really not. So then then what happens? It's like yeah. you know, it, of course, if like if that is an option to you and that's what you want to do, by all means, or you know, like get support and get help getting out. Like you know, of course, do what's best for you and your family. But also too like. There are people that choose to stay for a variety of reasons and people that, you know, like, like being there and, and fighting and standing your ground uh, and, and helping make things better where you're at is also so incredibly important. Uh, and it makes things better for people that can't leave or don't want to leave. You know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that, you know, uh, getting to be present and be on the ground helping in, in situations like that is also so, so important. No, I, I agree. And. And honestly, you know, on some some level, even that mentality is just like, oh, that's different. Just give up and go, as if as if that's such an easy thing. And also, I mean, to be fair, as if like California or any other state is perfect. <laughs> you know, they're all yeah. They they all have their very uh, double edged swords. There is no state that is truly nailing it, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's representative of every constituent within said state. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, because that's it too. Is like you know, you go outside of LA uh, in any in any direction, and you know, like you'll you'd be like really surprised to find, you know, very very different viewpoints from like major major cities. It's yeah, exactly like you said. There's no state that's perfect, and yeah, even if you are in a California or New York, like there are definitely organizations that could absolutely use your help and eyes and and money if you can contribute anything. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, well. Thank you again for doing this. This was great. Hey, thank you for having me. Seriously. And thank you for your time. Honestly, this was such a blast. I loved it. And uh, thank you all for listening, going into the formal voice as we go for a landing. Thank you all for listening. Please stay safe. Please take care. Please get vaccinated and or boosted if you're not. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Lead with empathy, but don't necessarily call yourself an empath. That'd be great. (laughs) And uh, take care. Thank you again. Bye. (laughs) 